Hello and welcome to the International Health and Tropical Medicine podcast series. My name is Puchista Ariana, and I'm here with my colleague and friend, Cesar Aturi. Today, our, the topic of our podcast will be partnerships in global health. This picks up on our last podcast on decolonization, where we talked about needing to co-create knowledge and the need to have equity within the partnerships. So to begin with, let me ask Caesar, why do we need equitable partnerships in global health? I think global health by nature and by definition, because it is transnational, it affects issues that uh, deal with health across the globe, requires partnerships because there's a lot of interdependence. Even some of our greatest, most advanced scientific interventions usually require collaboration that begins sometimes with collecting data in one part of the world analyzing it in another part of the world and creating a health intervention which is perhaps produced in another part of the world. So partnerships in terms of coming together and working together is the order of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, this brings us to the issue of interdependence. One of the greatest um, achievements of the 20th century and the so-called phenomenon of globalization is an increase in interdependence. It's interesting that if any of us think about the medicines that we have consumed in the past 12 months, and we look at the labels, we'd see that they come from different parts of the world. Now, the issue at stake here is, if there is so much interdependence, which is usually formalized into partnerships. Are these partnerships equal? Are they skewed in a way that some people benefit more and others less? Are they silencing the voices of some people? Or or actually, even to be more radical, are they actually, you know, practicing a form of extractivism by... Um, if I may put it crudely, cheating some people. Hmm. So that is why the equity comes into it. As for the partnerships, they already exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But are these partnerships good for everybody? Do people get their due? And that is why we need equitable partnerships. Can you give us some history behind how partnerships have existed in the space of global health and how we're evolving in thinking about those partnerships? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, if we look at it from history, okay, going back to the beginning, um, a lot of health was situated within the colonial, I mean, a lot of international health was predicated on the colonial system. But once we started moving to international health, it was more about aid to um, countries that are poorer. And um, if I want to give some examples, let's talk about the AIDS pandemic in the 1990s. Uh, 
um, as you know, parts of the United States suffered a lot, especially in California, San Francisco, around there. Many people were dying. There was need to generate a lot of knowledge about this new disease. And people in Southern Africa were also um, getting infected. And a lot of data was gathered from the populations of Southern Africa in order to be able to create the antiretrovirals that eventually emerged. But the fact is that when these antiretrovirals were created and were generated, they were totally inaccessible to the people in South Africa, in the southern part of Africa, who had contributed with the, I mean, with, with their lives, basically, and their illness to generating these solutions. So we create, we have these situations whereby we depend on certain people to be able to acquire knowledge. But when that knowledge becomes a health intervention, these people have no access to it. Mm-hmm. And it had to, I mean, it took the intervention of many people, including international I mean, bodies like the UN, to be able to make these antiretrovirals available to people in Southern Africa. So in synthesis, yes, we do have a lot of interdependence, but equity is needed. Otherwise, this sort of interdependence can damage some people while playing to the advantage of others. I think that's right. And and. and both in the health space and outside of health, we have often and historically seen an imbalance in partnerships. And perhaps that's what we're trying to encourage and moving forward in the global health space of thinking about the equity and equitable partnerships. Can you outline for us some of the key features of equitable partnerships? Well, I think, I mean, um, ethical, I mean, when we want to talk about equitable partnerships, one of the, or first of all, allow me to make a distinction. You see, from the way I see this, partnerships should become a way of being. Equitable partnerships should become a way of being. We already live in a world in which we depend on each other. We should be cognizant of that and give respect to the people, to everybody who forms part of this space. That means that when we're thinking about partnerships, we should not only be thinking about partnerships in terms of a a sort of like instrumental approach, or I want to do this, who can help me to do this? And it is my idea that I want to do this and I want to build partners. No, we are already tied together. We're already interdependent. There's no way we can get out of this. Now, how can we make this space fairer? So that is the, I think that is the premise. Then to make this, pre, this, this space fairer, we need to say, well, these partnerships that we've created, what are the power imbalances? Does everybody in this space have the capacity to express themselves, the capacity to enjoy the benefits that are generated as a result of our coming together? Um, I mean, equal access to those benefits. And of course, also, I mean, recognize that those who have a lot of power may, even inadvertently, be crushing other people, which is what historically has happened. And therefore, how can we unlock these spaces so that other people may be able to breathe more freely? And could I add to that is this idea that um, we have different values and we need to extend our our thinking around 
whose values matter and what values should be considered when thinking about that balance um, within a partnership. Absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right there. And this is where looking back or thinking back to our previous um, podcast, we spoke about the pluriverse. Um, The interesting thing about a complex world like the one in which we live is that people do have different values. People have different ways of understanding how they live in this world. That is the ways of being and ways of knowing and ways of acting. And we should be careful about just saying that, well, this is the right way and this is the wrong way. We need to take seriously these differences and ensure that there is a sort of the mutuality of these differences can contribute to what we all desire. Now, what we all desire Yes, broadly speaking, we all know that everybody wants some form of well-being. Everybody wants to be healthy. But then that way of being healthy, that way of actually living out the well-being differs. And we ought to be respectful of that and actually allow people to be able to exp- to, to to pursue those goals. We don't we, we we should not predetermine and force people to live according to the way we want them to live. And that is how that is what I mean partnerships uh, equitable partnerships should be looking at. But I mean coming back to the global health space. So one of the areas that I find part, quite I mean um, troubling is that sometimes we say well equitable partnerships and we start looking at um, you know the funding space, the research space, and it is about a certain checklist that we need to create, um, whether data is being shared, whether postdocs are being included and are being trained, um, what, whether capacity building has been included in a certain project. But then we don't do the detailed work of what these terms actually mean Mm -hmm. in different places and to different people. Could I take you a step back and come back to the key features? And one feature that I think many would articulate is this aspect of trust. But trust is hard to interpret. Can Can you elaborate on what trust means in the context of partnerships? Right, yeah, trust um, as an abstract concept is nice. I mean, we, we, we often say, oh, these days there is no trust. But actually, these days there's too much trust, if I may, if I may dare say, because sometimes we trust the wrong people. So what we, sh- we really need is trustworthiness. And trustworthiness means that, you know, we need to have partners that engage according to three different, I mean, according to three features. The first feature is um, of trustworthiness is to be competent. And competence means actually recognizing that when you enter into a relationship, different people bring different competences. And whatever competences they bring, we should take them seriously. Taking them seriously and 
as we go along, you see that we will hold them to account for those con- I mean, f- uh, with those competencies. But it is not by saying that one person only has the competencies and is going to share those competencies or is going to impose those competencies on the other. That is not taking seriously the ad- I mean the other side. So that is the first condition for mm-hmm. uh, for for trust, which is competence. The second condition uh, to be able to build trusting trustworthy relationships is to be reliable mm-hmm. um, to say what I mean to do what we going what we say and to be reliable across the chain over time so quite often what we find in the global health space and even in the international collaboration space is that at the beginning for example we insist on certain values mm-hmm. oh we are all in this together let's share our data let's make um, th- let's make everything open but then as we go along if this research is maturing into a health intervention we another set of values kick in and we start talking about private ownership intellectual property rights and that openness that was predicated at the beginning suddenly gets lost now when you do this you are no longer reliable because you came to me or we came together with a certain set of values to work together and to be together mm-hmm. but now that something is coming out those rules are su- those values are suddenly changing we no longer want to share mm-hmm. so that challenges reliability so we need to be consistent and reliable and then the la- the last um, aspect of trustworthiness is to be accountable and to be accountable means that you know we have to be able to you know give account you know um accountable the in the, that is to explain and make ourselves vulnerable to be challenged to everybody involved mm-hmm. so if i am doing research and i am even working with communities i am working i should be accountable to those communities mm-hmm. And therefore, I should allow myself to be challenged. So if we do not take into consideration that um, we need to be competent and respect the competences of other people, re- we are reliable, which means we, say, we do what we say over time and allow ourselves some amount of vulnerability, then we can't build trust in our relationships and therefore we can't build equitable partnerships and i and i think that issue of competence and related to accountability also relates to knowing the limits of our knowledge absolutely yes um so this is also linked to you know power mm-hmm. sometimes um you know, the important thing is actually admitting that we do not know mm-hmm. is important if I'm going back to global health research, if I go into a community as a researcher, whether I'm a biomedical researcher, an epidemiologist, and there are limits to what I know. Mm-hmm. But the limits to what I know does not mean that other people do not know anything. Mm-hmm. You see, that is the positivistic approach. Um, I, I can't be an expert on everything. But if I'm entering into a relationship, a partnership with another group of people, 
it is precisely because I don't know everything. That is why I actually need other people. And I need to be cognizant of those limits and respect what those other people bring on board as well. However, if I I am not cognizant of the limits of my knowledge and I believe that anything outside the limits of my knowledge is simply irrelevant, then I'm a positivist. And in that way, I'm a reductionist. And actually, if I may be crude about it, I'm ignorant. Mm-hmm. So kind of bringing it back yeah. to the importance of equitable partnerships in research, what would you say is is the key message you'd like to convey? Well, the key message is this. Um, we live in an interdependent world. Mm-hmm. Health is now more and more transnational and interdependent. In order to tackle the health challenges we have, we need to work together. Now, unfortunately, health also sits on the structures that already exist in the world. And these structures that exist in the world are predicated sometimes on extractivism, or they are predicated on forms of colonialism from the past and that still continue to today till today. So if we do not want to reinforce or re-entrench those inequities, we need to move away from those models. And to move away from those models means that we should try to build relationships that are different to the ones that are generally at play. And in doing so, what we need to do is one, respect other people's knowledge, And values. And values. And at the same time, not think of partnerships as instrumental moments, but as a permanent way of acting and living within the global health space. So we are partners with everybody. And our partnerships should be grounded on the fact that we want to to create a world in which we trust each other. And that trust means respecting our competence, being competent and respecting our competences, being reliable over time, and also making ourselves vulnerable when the need arises. Thank you very much, Caesar, for that very important discussion and consideration. And the key questions and considerations we'd like our listeners to take away is when engaging in partnerships in global health or otherwise, seriously consider and respect competencies and values, carefully consider benefit sharing, and avoid this tendency to be extractive in the partnerships or relationships that we develop, and this importance of the reliability and accountability, and that's our responsibility. So our next next podcast will be looking at breaking down barriers in global health. Thank you for joining us.